Hello and welcome to the third episode of the podcast The Seductive Writer's Diary 21st Digital Marketing Techniques for Best-Selling Authors This podcast is brought to you by Lawrence O'Brien I am Lawrence O'Brien, best-selling author, digital marketing expert and founder of BooksGoSocial.com. I bring you the latest techniques and tricks on how to unleash your untapped seductive power to be successful and appeal to the countless readers waiting to read a book like yours, with little help from my friend, A.G. Billick. Hi, Lawrence. Hello, everybody. And thank you for having me. I had a very interesting conversation with the lovely indie author Michelle Methead, author of the Connected series. Michelle has always tried, and she managed, to stay ahead of her time. Back in 1995, she orchestrated the first international conference in the UK on multimedia communications. What are the advantages of self-publishing? Is the modern writer an entertainer? What is the most important social media channel in 2016? These are some of the topics we are going to tackle later in the interview with Michelle Madhead. But for now, back to you, Lawrence O'Brien, and to your seduction techniques. Today we're going to talk about seduction and long-term relationships. Seduction, as you know, it's not just about something that happens now it's also about the promise of something that's going to last something that's going to last a long time so we have the idea of love as well in seduction seduction is about danger there's the danger and the risk and putting our lives on the line so seduction is emotionally powerful for every one of us Uh, when we get seduced there's the risk to our lives that we're going to get entangled with somebody what's going to happen so seduction has all of that threat and that promise involved in it it's not a simple thing it's not an easy thing and commitment deepens the impact because there's a chance of commitment it deepens the impact for each of us in a relationship so it increases the risk it increases the pain It increases the chance of reward, the chance of pain, and the chance of reward. So that means the whole, the moment is heightened. This is one of the most heightened things that you can get involved with in your whole life is a seduction, particularly where you have the promise of love. Seduction is also in the mind. It's, I know the body is involved, but a lot of it is connected to the mind, your attraction to somebody, and the danger, and the risk, and the potential reward are all in your mind. So how does this relate to writing? Well, I think it has a strong relationship to writing, because we want to seduce our readers for the long term. We don't want somebody who just reads one book and never comes back. We want somebody who's going to commit, a reader who's going to commit to us for the long term. So one of the things I recommend our writers do is to create a series of books. So we build a long-term relationship with the reader. So we have something that means that they're going to get committed for a long time. They're going to get a long-term reward. There's going to be some excitement in it for them. And we're going to build a long-term relationship. So the stronger we can build the emotional bonds to the reader, 
the more we're going to build them up as a long-term reader. So I suggest when we're writing, we should think about how we can turn this into a series, how we can turn this into a long-term relationship, how we can foreshadow things that might happen in the future, how we can leave things dangling, how we can suggest things that might happen later on, not tie up all the loose ends and give people the possibility that things can happen later on. Readers also want a long-term relationship with a writer. So we want a long-term relationship with a reader. We want them to buy our next book and the one after. But readers also want a long-term relationship with a book, with a series of books. I know some of the best books ever written have been series. One of my favourites is The Lord of the Rings. And that was not just The Hobbit. Then you had a series of three books. The Lord of the Rings is a three-book series. And it's a big series. It's a long-term commitment. And it's, but it's great. I love that. That's my favourite book. The only book I've ever read three times in my life. So that is a big commitment. And I think readers want that. And as writers, we want that. So my advice is think about the long-term. Think about a long-term relationship. Think about stimulating the reader, getting them emotionally involved, dangling things in front of them, tantalizing them, dangling things, and keep it, keep them waiting. One of the things they say about uh, a love story, for instance, is don't have it consumed, a love story in a book, a romance. Don't have the relationship consumed, okay? Keep the reader waiting. Because as soon as the relationship consumed, right, that's it. You know, what else is there to wait for, okay? But if you can keep the reader waiting as the relationship uh, gets stronger, gets weaker, there's challenges, but it doesn't get consumed, you're tantalizing the reader. You know, is this going to happen? Is it going to happen? Are they going to get it together? So that's good because it keeps the reader waiting. So that's one of the pieces of advice I've heard about romance. Now, uh, I'm not a romance writer. I'm an adventure writer. But uh, that's one of the things I've heard. So I think it's good to build a long-term relationship. Lawrence, I have a question related to building long-time relationships with readers. What elements of digital marketing can we use to do this? I think that's a great question. Um, I think our blog is hugely important and that we create um, a series of events on the blog and that we have, we look to build long-term relationships with our readers and our friends online that we build that we're not just going in to support and to promote one book that we tell people we're writing another book what the other book is about so in the digital marketing world online we also tell people that this is part of a series or that you're working on a new novel so that you keep people involved with you and you keep people updated whether you're on Facebook and everyone's on Facebook now and you talk about what you're writing about, you have a separate presence, your author page, you tell people your plans for the future, um, as you would in a normal relationship, you tell people what you're doing, what's going on, your plans for the future, you tantalize them a little bit with, you know, what might happen, you know, and what you're going to get in the future, and you hope that they'll come back. Uh, so this is a mass uh, relationship. We're having a relationship with hopefully thousands of readers all at the same time. And it's all in our heads. It all comes from our heads and our fantasies and our ideas as a writer. And But the suggestion is to keep the relationship strong by committing over the long term and by giving them information 
through the internet, whether that's through YouTube interviews or podcasts or audio, video and text and Facebook things and things on your things on your Twitter feed and things on your blog, all of those things, as much as you can manage. None of us can do everything. Indeed, this is so true. Sometimes you simply cannot do everything by yourself. So remember, there is always booksgosocial.com that offers you the best advice, the best digital marketing tools to achieve your goal and to reach readers from all over the world. And now, let's get on with the second part of our show, an interview with the lovely and gifted indie author Michelle Madhat. What are the advantages of being a self-published author? I think everybody wants to get into the kind of mainstream. It's a strange kind of a beast, really. I'm still engaging with a lot of agents and quite a lot of publishers as well, talking, considering. They can sometimes give you a lot of exposure, but sometimes what happens is for the exposure, you have to give up an awful lot of royalty. And on, for example, Amazon, you can either go for the 35% or the 70%. If you are running with a publisher, a mainstream publisher, your commission could go down to 15, 20%. You would still be expected to market your own, to go to the book fairs, to do the interviews, to do the whatever. You're actually getting less of a commission than even if you're a self-published author and you still have to do the same kind of thing. Now, okay, we can't all be the top NY kind of uh, bestseller, but what self-publishing has actually given us is the ability to reach audiences personally, to engage with them through Facebook, through Twitter, through going to fairs and all different things like that, and to have a much more personalised view. So things actually become quite quickly a momentum. I don't know, I think the whole publishing industry is changing, and I think even traditional publishers are searching all the time on Amazon for the next hit, for the next original. There are a lot of procedurals out there. There are a lot of typical kind of vampire thrillers and all that kind of stuff. However, there are very, very original works as well. I mean, I'm heavily into reading indie authors and also reviewing them. And taking the time to do a proper review, not just one or two words, a proper review. Because reviews are critically important for any author, whether you are self-published or whether you've got a major publishing house, an agent actually behind you. What changes is that maybe your amount of reviews will go up because you have that publishing house actually behind you. But it doesn't always work like that. I've known... Um, I know mainstream authors and they are moaning to me and saying the next book I'm writing is going to be self-published because I'm not very happy. So it's not it's not the yellow brick road. It's not the it's not paved with gold basically. I think there is a lot to be had for self-publishing. But you have to know how to market yourself. You have to know how to work social media and you have to know how to promote and how 
to direct the press's attention. On what criteria do you choose the indie books you read? I tend to read what's actually written on Amazon, first of all. I don't read reviews that much. I like to form my own opinion and then read the reviews afterwards, after I've reviewed, basically. When I download a book, when I download a song, and if I read and I'm, you know, by the time it's like page five, page six, and I'm already into it, and I'm like thinking, hmm, I want to know what's going to happen. Genuinely want to know what's going to happen. I will then purchase it and then I will read it. And it has to be gripping. I read all different genres. One other thing I would say is covers are very important. For an indie author, they need to think about the cover because it's the first thing any kind of uh, person on Amazon will actually stare at. They will say, okay, this grabs me. Or it doesn't. And there seems to be a lot of people changing their covers every so often. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not such a good thing. In marketing, there's something called brand capital and brand equity. And essentially, that is the value that is instilled in a brand. And a brand, after all, is your cover. It is the value that it has. And the value is actually the amount of time it's been out there and the amount of recognition that people have for it. And if you've invested, whether it's a website, social media, Facebook, whatever, in this brand, you need to be damn sure that if you're going to change it, that you know exactly what you're doing to that brand equity investment. But the author is also part of the brand. Very much so. The author has to be interesting. Gone are the days when the author mm -hmm. can sit behind a typewriter or really be a faceless person. You can't be like that anymore. Whether you're with a top publishing house or whether you're an indie author, you've got to be out there. You've got to be talking about your book. You've got to be engaging with people. Every single time you go and meet somebody new, irrespective of whether it's to do with your company or your work whatever you always take that opportunity to say oh by the way and have a little card that actually explains i'm going to show you a card that i've got that is actually a snowdrop the reason why it's a snowdrop is because in my book the call there is something called operation snowdrop on the other side is the cover and a short description about what the call is all about with the website address very very branded easy to hand out these things are like gold dust very very important thank you Michelle. now that kind of thing to be able to use that when you're engaging with anyone it doesn't have to be people that you think are going to be interested in in your book because everybody talks to everyone else the whole point about writing a book is because you want to tell people about it you want people to enjoy it i mean i meet all kinds of people in my work okay i'm talking to people they could be interested in spy they could be interested in historic fiction or historic fact i don't care but they know people who know people who know people And everybody talks to everybody else. So you just got to remember that these kind of things actually get you sales. Remember, everything's connected. You've got to think always, what can I do to make what I'm saying about my book more interesting? How can I really increase its footprint? Because that's really what you're doing. You're increasing the footprint of the readership. And I have people reading this from all over the world. You just got to remember that when you write a book, it could
could be read by anyone anywhere and you just need to think about all different kinds of creatives how you're going to promote it how you're going to engage people and also think about different cultures as well you know it's very very important in my book got lots of different cultures lots of different attitudes as well and i use social media to actually promote those kind of things i use imagery i've got a very very strong video strong video and also i've got a very strong interview that i did a couple of years ago as well which is actually headed up on uh, uh, twitter very important to use pin tweets on Twitter as well. I haven't changed that for a while because I think it actually gives a really good view. But if you're launching a new book, for example, pin it up mm -hmm. as a tweet and actually think about that whole creative kind of uh, notion, what you're really trying to achieve. If you're an author, you need to step back and say, okay, what phrases can I pull out of my book that will attract people and in a way Twitter forces you to be very succinct but nine times out of ten when people write there will be a really loaded phrase and sometimes that in itself can actually sell if you've just launched your book you have a good review it's important to actually get that out to actually get it promoted so pin the tweet but it's important to actually refresh that tweet how did entertainment shed literature people are still searching for drama they are searching for something more high and something that actually requires them to think about rather than just have the entertainment wash over them. Fiction writers themselves, they need to always be coming up with something unusual, mm. something different, because there is a plethora of things that have been done. Um, and if you try and do something, somebody somewhere is going to say, well, that's been done before. However, fiction writers are constantly thinking, okay, how can I do this in a different way? It's very, very easy to get into a rut. When you have a character and that character is engaging with the same kind of situations, I mean, that's what I was saying about procedurals, you know, the same kind of situation. How do you make that different? But at the same time, if you've actually created and taken time to invest in a character, then a reader has actually taken time to invest in that character and they carry on buying the books on the mm -hmm. premise that that character's going to be in the similar situations that they enjoy. If you suddenly get a kind of a dagger and carve down that characterization completely and put that character in a completely different environment, you may lose your readers. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a bit of a, a creative dichotomy. And I think that's why some authors when they want to bring out something new they might use a different pen name a different kind of a non diplume because they don't want to lose their existing readership i mean if i was to bring out a romance i think people would say god is that really michelle better writing this because there would be no blood or gore or torture or or sci-fi or anything in it basically they say what the hell is this all about you know so i would probably have to write under a different name do you think about authors today as being entertainers i do i think a lot of people actually do enjoy a really good book You can be going into a movie, you can be watching a film, you can be watching something on on the web, you can be watching it on your device. 
But the thrill that you get through your own mm-hmm. imagination of a scene is greater than anything any of these top directors and producers can actually produce for the silver screen, so to speak. You have a marketing background, yet because you have a full-time job and you have a family, you opted to work with a digital marketing service provider, booksgosocial.com, to promote your series, Connected. Based on your experience, what should an indie author should look into when choosing a digital marketing services providers for authors? I mean, first of all, you need to get reach. So you need to make sure that there are the right number of subscribers, the right numbers of people, but the right types of people as well. Um, it's all very well if you've got 600,000 people, but they're only signed up to horror or they're only interested in horror or they're only interested in historical fiction. That isn't going to help you if you're a spy thriller writer, for example. You need to understand what their reach is, what their audiences are. You also need to understand what you want to achieve. Do you want to achieve sales or do you want recognition, i.e. do you want more reviews? And that's not necessarily tied to sales either. Okay, although reviews are very, very important, there have been people who have had hardly any reviews, but they have had fantastic sales. Um, And that is down to having very good emailing capability, having good email uh, databases, that kind of thing. Um, And also engaging offline, you know, um, I mean, going into bookstores, going to book fairs, all that kind of stuff. So you need to understand what your marketing objectives are from the very, very beginning. And you need to be clear about it. You also need to be clear about how much you're intending to really spend as well Um, because against the investment you need to be sure that there's going to be a decent number of sales coming in as well you also need to be clear about what your marketing message is all about what do your books actually stand for what would be the elevator pitch if somebody said to me what's my elevator pitch I would say Connected is a fusion of spy and sci thriller with um, a little stirring in of romance. The idea is that you, you give people sufficient to enable them to do the marketing for you. You need to think about how does my book relate to society? How does my book relate to people why would a reader read it why would anybody read it uh what are the main characters also is there a theme if you're doing any kind of marketing at all you need to be thinking about what is the interesting hook you cannot hope to offload everything to somebody unless you're going to pay them a shed load of money basically and even then you still have to understand your book Because it's your book. It's it's your baby. I mean, if you're a writer, you understand why you've written it. You understand who is going to read it. You understand why they're going to read it. These kind of things you need to be able to encapsulate in a press pack that anybody can t- can take on board, mm-hmm. produce maybe a press release or or uh, tweets or or Facebook posts or whatever. But you still need 
the kind of uh, bare fundamentals of your book. If you don't have that, nobody can write it for you. And you still need to engage with your readers. Absolutely. Nobody, not even the top, top, top people, mm -hmm. uh, the top writers, you know, everybody engages with their, re with their readers. I mean, Stephen King, you see him on Twitter and Facebook. He engages, doesn't have to, but he wants to, because that makes everything more personal. Uh, that's very important. Whether you're, you know, a New York bestseller author or if you're an indie author, it doesn't make any difference. You need to always be engaged with you, your readers, with your audience, with your fans. What uh, do you think that will be the social media channel for indie authors in 2016? 2016, I still think that Twitter is very, very strong. As an immediate kind of environment, Twitter gives you that kind of ability to hang back and just give yourself a little bit of time to actually think, okay, what am I actually doing here? Just like Facebook does. Facebook's still very, very strong for authors. And I think uh, Pinterest mm -hmm. is very good. Overall, it gives gives you different kind of hooks to present and to position it. You know, when we're in marketing, we always talk about positioning. Mm -hmm. And positioning is critical because if you get the wrong position, nobody's going to read your book. It's so complex being an author today. It's not like in Shakespeare's time, you know, just uh, sitting there and write <laughs> or uh, <laughs> go up on stage and no. play. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> no, not anymore. Uh, you have to be an entrepreneur as well. Yeah. Very much so. And I think maybe that's one of the things that I find easier um, because I've set up companies in the past, you know. And um, you have to think like a, well, like a small business. You yeah. have to think like an entrepreneur, you know. So, um, and that doesn't always come easy to creative types uh, and to authors. Authors are even different to, to other creatives, you know, other creative people. Um, and it's not, oh, God, I don't want to get involved in the business side of being an author. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And that tends to be the reaction from yep. quite a lot of authors. They really don't want to get into it. They just want to write the words because that's, that's it. But you can't. You have to understand the marketing. You have to understand the distribution. You have to understand what works, what doesn't. Um, you have to know uh, when to cut, um, when to discount, all these kind of things. And and keep an eye on what else is, is uh, coming out in the, um, in the uh, various uh, bookstores as well that you could run on the back of as well. So um, a really major launch of uh, a significant book it could be a factual book okay but you could actually run on the back of that for example i mean there's been a big book about isis for example i did quite a lot of uh, promoting and tweeting on the back of that um to say you know never mind isis al nadir is the one you gotta watch you know? okay yeah <laughs> where can we connect with you michelle you can connect with me through twitter at the connected one that's the number one Um, you can connect with me over uh, Facebook, so Facebook slash Michelle Medhat. You can also connect with me via 
forever-connected.com. Thank you very much. No um, problems. Thank you for tuning in. Let us know if we seduced you by leaving a review or rating our show here on iTunes. And uh, of course, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes.